We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Thanks for tuning in another episode of Outside the Trenches. The Chiefs squeak out that 17-14 win over the Falcons to get their 14th regular season win in franchise history. Or excuse me, the first time in franchise history. Blah, 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 blah. Starting all over. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside of the Trenches. Chiefs eked out that 17-14 win over the Atlanta Falcons. They got the number one seed in the AFC wrapped up before week 17, and they also picked up their 14th regular season win. That's the first time they've had that many regular season wins in franchise history. So all in all, a good result of the day, Nick Leckie, my faithful co-host here, but uh, not exactly the way that a lot of people would have liked this game to go, even though they got the most important thing, which is the dub. Yeah, I think I think your your casual fan would look at this game and be like, you know, there's they look like crap and everything like that. But I'm telling you, and I, I think I've been harping on this for the past couple of weeks now, <laughs> is noon games are trap games, right? It's it's okay. and then and you have a team where the Falcons are, are they're struggling and and this is their their moment of glory where. This couldn't. This is not going to save the season a win like this, but it's still a way to, to be to enter your off season and be like, okay, you know, we got that win. Let's build on something for next year as an organization. But and we've talked about this, and that that organization, you sit look back and like, what does it mean to the Falcons as an organization? As far as like the playoffs, nothing. But to their interim coach, to Raheem Morris, this game means everything. To those guys that are out on the field, like there are guys playing for contracts. They're playing for, you know, for teams to see, like to get out on tape. And so, yeah, I hate that argument. We talked about it on this show before, but um, there are a few things we need to get through before we talk some of the, the bigger storylines coming out of this one, because there's going to be a lot of them. Uh, but the... To see Darius Harris and Willie Gay and those linebackers get a lot of reps, there's going to be a lot of overanalyzing uh, of every single one of their plays. But at the end of the day, some young players got some valuable reps. Uh, and the fact that the Chiefs were able to get that win, if Anthony Hitchens or Damian Wilson, two of the starters who didn't play today, if one of those guys goes down in the playoffs, you're going to feel slightly more comfortable with the next guy coming in because he has some tape, he has some reps under his belt of going 100 miles an hour in a game situation. And that can only benefit the Chiefs. So I'm always going to look at things from like a half full point of view, particularly after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And if you're listening to this episode, you probably listen to enough to know that we're in the don't get anybody hurt and everything's going to be fine <laughs> camp. <laughs> and, and that's true, uh, though. That's so true. And that being said, one of the storylines, and we're going to get into all the, the minutiae of some of the smaller stuff, but um, the trick play throwing back to Mahomes because it kind of went out on social media that on fourth and one, and this is my take, this is not an indictment on anyone else, but on fourth and one, if you're just in general scared, uh, as a fan for the Chiefs to do quarterback sneaks because Patrick Mahomes got hurt on one, then don't be okay with the Sammy Watkins throwback 50-50 ball to the best quarterback in NFL <laughs> history leaping up. Who knows how he's going to land? Who knows? His freaking hand got stuck in his face mask. Who knows how he lands? Like, I'm not it, quarterback sneak or whether it's a 50-50 ball and a trick play down. Don't do anything to put him in a situation that could get him hurt. It's like, if you're going to be okay with a quarterback sneak, not doing quarterback sneaks, you can't be okay with that play. I'm sorry. 
pick one. Yeah, no, you really can't. And and I think, I mean, it, it's it's interesting calling fourth and one in the red zone to to kind of go for it like that. But I, I mean, I like it. It's a tendency breaker. And and like I, I've I've stated before, is that anytime you put all these like trick plays down in the red zone, they usually work. They work at the beginning yeah. of the season, They're starting not to work as of late because teams expect chicanery in the red zone when they play the Chiefs now. Yeah. So you kind of have to go back to bread and butter. Right. You kind of have yeah. to go back to, you know, that run game. You got to do something like that. So there, and, I don't, a- and I, I don't even care if they do trick plays, do all the damn trick plays you want. Just don't throw a 50 ball to a quarterback in the end zone and then claim, well, we're not going to do quarterback sneaks because we don't want to get him hurt. Like, well, then don't do that. Like, that's just <laughs> as bad, in my opinion, on getting a quarterback hurt, uh, having him do something that he's not used to doing um, unless they practice that play a lot. And that would be a little surprising to me. And it would um, be very surprising. It would be. But B- B- I also like what you said, too, about get, getting young, younger players or inexperienced players reps and then yeah. live, meaningful reps. I know they're going to get that next week, week 17. You know, this is when you rest all your starters. You rest all those guys who who have some, you know, maybe some hamstring injuries or some some back or knee issues. And, and you're going to see what kind of depth you have with a, a limited uh, game plan for next week. Yeah, and, and we got to go back to, to open up the show. I got so passionate about that. I got to thank our sponsor, Jack Stack Barbecue. Uh, get online, go to jackstackbbq.com if you're looking for some barbecue for next week's game. Um, not going to mean anything for the Chiefs, and that's going to bring us on to, to the next uh, talking point, next debate topic I want to talk about with you, Nick, because uh, Jeff Allen and I disagreed on social media. I'm curious where you've fallen as a former player. But again, jackstackbbq.com. Go get the Outside the Trenches special. Put in code TRENCHES. To get ten dollars off at checkout, it's carry out only. But get yourself some delicious barbecue. But Nick, looking at this going into Week Seventeen, you've already got the one seed wrapped up. You're going to get that first round bye. If you're Coach Reed, do you play Patrick Mahomes? We say starters. You can't rest every single starter. But we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. We're talking about Tyreek Hill. We're talking about those guys, the All Pro, Pro Bowl players. Um, If you're a coach, do you rest those guys after today's performance um, going into the playoffs? Hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only Why can't we disagree? Why can't what? we disagree? I thought we were going to disagree. Jeff wants to no. play everybody. Like, no. What? What the hell, Jeff? No, no. Don't be. Don't be silly, Jeffrey. You're really smart, but this one, you've you've got it completely wrong. And I respect you a lot. You know, you're a great guard. Watch you play. Follow you on Twitter. No. Uh-oh. Uh oh. So the greatest disagreement in history. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's from one O-lineman to another O-lineman, right? Fair. It's like we're like Fair. British. It's like we're, 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 we're British, and that was us getting into a big fight. Do you think part of it's because O-linemen necessarily wouldn't get the weeks off, the skill guys would? Do you no. think that's part of this? Is that part no, of it? No, 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 no. So what, what you look at, you look at young guys. So if this is your first year starting, you're going to play. If you have any sort of injury that you've been battling, like Schwartz or Fisher, right, you're going to sit. Tyreek yeah. Hill with the hamstring, you're going to sit. Uh, Mahomes. There's no point in playing him, and he doesn't need he doesn't need to go through like the game reps. He's not a rookie. You but, don't need to go but, through. But Nick, Twitter kept telling me they look so bad today that these guys need to practice more. <laughs> and it takes everything that I can, and I'm trying. I don't want to be rude. I'm not a rude person. I'm not a mean person. Yeah, these, we're talking about the best player in NFL history. We're talking about Patrick yeah. Mahomes. No. He is not a high school football. This is not high school little league athletics. These guys know what they're doing. Yes, they did not play well today. They didn't have it, but that doesn't mean you make a bad decision by forcing them to go out there. Even if it's a preseason, even if he just goes out there and hands the ball off, there's a no. chance that somebody's no. going to step on his foot or they're going to roll an ankle doing something stupid, and you'll never forgive yourself. If you have them go out there, even with the best intentions to go out there and get injured and the whole, they didn't look good today. So get them out there. You know, what is going to be more valuable than those extra reps, Nick is the constant two weeks of the media saying that they needed to be out there and Patrick Mahomes, they look this and they, and just question them as much as you possibly want. Cause he, all it's going to mm-hmm. do is piss these guys off. They go out and score like 40 points in the playoffs and everyone's gonna be like, well, see, I guess coach Reed knows what he's doing. And it always has to be after the fact. He does. He really does. Well, and and I think there's been a lot of talk about the Chiefs not being able to put away people in games. And and, and this is one of those times where where almost uh, Atlanta hang around long enough to to figure things out on on offense. And so but but I think that's the mark of, of good teams is that they will they will find ways to win. And then, you know, offense will take care of the defense and vice versa. Are you looking at my, my, my son? He's yeah. looking. What are you looking for, dude? We're so, so, I put it on the dining room table. Get out of here. 
anybody, anybody who's watching on YouTube gets to see Nick's kids in the background. Before we started recording, we even said that like I was the one who was going to have all the kids or dogs down here. I'm in Manhattan uh, right now as, as I'm sitting Indian style recording the podcast here. But uh, anyway, Nick, uh, the other guy that I want to talk about, there's going to be a few different uh, topics that we discussed, but Frank Clark. Like I just, I, I, I cannot wait for the mental gymnastics and the, the Twitter tweet gymnastics that some fans and people on chiefs people say about Frank Clark, criticizing him all year saying he's not worth the contract. He's not worth this. He's not worth that. And then when it comes down to like meaningful games late in the season, we saw it against the saints. We're seeing it again today, steps up and makes a big time play in a big situation. And you can criticize him for the pro bowl and this and that. And, Frank Clark helped the Chiefs win again today, and you and I have always been on the same page about Frank, uh, along with the guys in that locker room. But but stats, box scores, Nick. Yeah, it's it's not, it's never about stats. I mean, stats are for when you're old and retired. I mean, right now you're just trying to win games, and and I think the the cool thing about Frank is that man, he's like that that Puff Diddy or that P Diddy song, right? When you need a hit who you going to get. Right. And it's like, that's Frank, man. He just steps up. He just steps up in, in the, the best ways possible. And, and that's just the beauty of him too, is that he'll chase the sack when he needs to chase the sack. And you saw him start talking with a little bit of fire. Not that he hasn't been all year. I just saw it again today. You see it with Matthew all the time. Uh, but we talk about Willie Gay and talk about, you know, Darius Harris, guy that I was excited to, to watch play in this game to get really nerdy with it just because mm-hmm. he was a guy that was kind of on the practice squad, was injured. The guy that they picked up after the draft at a middle Tennessee state was injured in one of those UDFAs that they signed that wasn't going to play that first year because they signed him as a player who was injured. I think it was a knee um, or a shoulder. Him and Tim Ward were the two guys that were kind of in that same boat where they were signed as UDFAs after their final college season. I want to say like two or three years ago uh, and the chiefs have kept them around and for a guy that hasn't played to be kept around for like three years as udfa there's something that they see that they like in that kid and i saw the first play i put that on twitter and the first play the scramble play that ryan was like 50 yards and it was against darius harris and a couple people were like oh that's the guy you were excited to see play <laughs> nice like, yeah let's be jerks let's be jerks what, on twitter what's okay, your come. data what's your data set right one play okay cool that then yeah, exactly get directed, like, burned every time like that no it doesn't work like you're that. right he gave up the play. brett beach has no idea what he's doing because the first play that the guy had i don't, I don't trust know. brett beach i don't trust yeah they did a cover for eight seconds uh a running back and he couldn't <laughs> couldn't quite do it um but anyway yeah. uh we're gonna enjoy yeah no he he runs he runs and makes plays like a all you want to see, especially from Willie Gay, maybe I'm going back to like my high school football knowledge because I'm the first person to tell you to a fault. I'll tell you how much I don't know uh, about the game. But, you know, the thing that I loved about Willie Gay is that you don't always have to be right, but, you know, go hard. Like, it's okay to be wrong, but be wrong going 100 miles an hour. And that's what you see from Willie Gay. And he <laughs> yes, thought, you do. It might yeah. not always be the right play, but, like, I loved watching it. It's what I loved watching about Mississippi State. And I thought it was going to be, like, a fan favorite for the Chiefs because he goes 100 miles an hour and he plays with a lot of passion. And I didn't see it as much in the first half. But the second half, it looked like he started to feel more comfortable just because you saw him start talk- jawing at the other team and just kind of, like, getting with his teammates and celebrating a little bit, just getting into that excuse me, that rhythm with the defense. And that was great to see. And whether Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens come back next week and Willie Gay at some point is going to be called upon in the playoffs. And I think today's game, and like we said earlier, these these reps he got are going to be extremely valuable, uh, not only for the rest of this season, but obviously into the future. Absolutely. And it's huge for, for Willie Gay to, to get these meaningful reps. And I, I love his nickname, Turbo, like from, from the uh, from mini camp or from, from fall camp. And, and that's what he does. He just, he's full speed. And it's so cool to see that once, once a rookie starts talking trash to, to me, I, I see that as a sign of confidence and the fact that they have confidence that they, they know the defense, they know the schemes, and now they can, okay, we're going to step my game up to another level and we're going to get the, the mental aspect. We're going to start talking smack and, that's the level of confidence you'd like seeing, especially from rookies. And especially, and you yeah. want to talk about another rookie who I saw step up, Mike Dan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy's been good all year. Him and Tershawn Gordon and all of oh. these dudes. Like, that's impressive. Because really we talked cool. like, talk about it on the show, and I'm about to go back to receipt season. Because uh, I think I'm just in that. I think I'm just in that mood right now. You're uh, fired. I, I, knew you're, I knew you were going to come in here fired, fired up, DJ. You've been on Twitter for too long, bro. You got to step up. No, this is the this is the part that drives me crazy, and I'm not calling out anyone individually. Just in general, as fans, we get so worked up about like one bad game by a player, and you just write them off. And it was like Frank Clark first half of the year. He's a waste. Just cut him. He's overpaid. This and that, ignoring that he's doing all the right things at practice, that his teammates love him, and that he's still one of the better players in the league, even though he's not producing like you think he should. 
if you watch every single play, you see how he's being blocked and all those things that a lot of the, the great people at like Kent Swanson, Craig Stout, these guys watch every snap. They'll tell you the, the tech, like those things that are going on. But we also listen to what things are going on inside the locker room and they say he's doing everything right. So I get fired up about this stuff because people write off Frank and then they'll jump right back on the train and be like, oh, celebrating with them. Be like, you were trying to cut this guy. And I'll say the same thing with Demarcus Robinson. And Early in the year, drops and passes in some big-time situations like uh, in some of those primetime games. D-Rob didn't make plays when he was there in a position to make play. And then they wrote him off. Why is he on this team? Give him a Cole Hardman all the snaps. Give this, give that. And then in the biggest situation, in a one-on-one, he's got to beat the corner. Ridiculously beautiful double move to look to the outside. They talked about it on the kind of silly upset because I noticed it. And then they said it on the broadcast. And I was like, that was my takeaway, man. Like that was my analysis <laughs> on that play. But I, he saw, did. Him, I, was gonna say, I saw it first, but I don't care if you get paid millions of dollars to do that. This random dude on Twitter used to have a job in the NFL, saw it too. So Absolutely. anyway, D-Rob steps up, makes a huge play. And all of those people that would have cut him weeks ago. And I know I'm, oh. I'm talking to the lowest common denominator, people who get frustrated and they vent their frustrations. And I've done it too. You can go back and probably find tweets of me being a a hypocrite and I'll call myself out. But those are the things that bother me. Those are the things that drive me crazy about people just writing that up and down and calling guys out. Have some respect for these dudes. Agreed. And just, you look, look at body of work too, and just see what they put out. And then, you know, you can do your judgments after the season and, and yeah. compare it to here's year one or here's year two, whatever. And, and I think it was cool on that touchdown too. You saw that, that Tyreek Hill was covered. Kelsey was covered. And it's like, you know, uh, championship teams, they they get production from the bottom part of the roster as well as the top part of the roster, right? You you expect production from the top part, but when you get production from the bottom part of your roster, from the, your third string guys, that's how you win. That's how you win big games, right? Yeah. And, and that's how you win at close games is that everyone produces because you know what to expect. You know you know the precedent that's there. Yeah, I think going back to that play and to, I guess to say it more succinctly uh, than I did the first time when I just rambled, <laughs> but. When they, when they watch it on film and they see all the attention that Tyreek is getting, they see all the attention that Kelsey is getting, what those guys look at D-Rob is you got one-on-one, you have to win that matchup. Yeah. And then he goes out there and wins it and does his job. Even if he drops a play later, this and that, this is what the defense is doing, so you got to win here, and he goes out there and wins. And I think good. that should be applauded. I think that should be applauded. Um, it should be. It really should be. And before we bring on uh, Andrew Spruill of XPE Sports, another longtime Chiefs fan who who knows Travis Kelsey very, very well and beyond, you know, just a, a guy who – a Chiefs fan who loves watching the games like uh, the rest of us do right now uh, on the outside that uh, he's trained Kelsey. And I'm excited to bring Andrew on here in a little bit. But, um, Nick, what were your other takeaways from this game? Because it wasn't pretty on the offensive side of the ball. They were out of sync a little bit um, early. But it was, again, one of those uh, – Mahomes made the mistake um, – throwing short across the middle. And I almost, I almost say I laughed when I saw the interception in the red zone, but it reminded me of his first year and that all of the interceptions that he would throw during training camp or, you know, during practices or like preseason, I think there were a couple, it was always short across the middle. He always, it was always the underneath linebackers that he didn't see that kind of snuck up on him when he tried to fit it to Kelsey in the red zone got the interception, then obviously Tyreek runs him down, forces the fumble, which is a great play. Ended up being a big turning point, I thought, in the game before the defense was able to do stepping up right after that. But uh, what were your other takeaways from this game, Nick? So my thing was the, the O-line's inability to sort of handle the, the D-line stunts and twists. Uh, it, it felt like they were getting on different levels and allowing some late pressures. Uh, couple that with the fact that on a couple plays, you know, Mahomes is not drifting backwards, but he's, he's trying to roll the pocket just a little bit. And he almost stepped into a sack – uh, in, in the first half uh, late. And I think teams now are just sort of running delayed blitzes, uh, uh, delayed safety and linebacker blitzes and, and slam angle work. And it, it's, it's really doing a trip. You know, when you get to get pressure with three people and you add one late, you know, that's not good. So definitely there'll be some things to clean up for that Chiefs offensive line. But um, I, I like Le'Veon Bell early on running it. You know, I think he's kind of found yeah. his niche. Uh, we'll see how, what his injury is, you know, if it's extent. So he will be another guy who gets rested next week anyways. 
Yeah, we talked about Willie Gay earlier. He finished with nine tackles to lead the Chiefs. And the other guy that we want to talk about is like Daniel Sorensen had seven tackles for second on the team. But the other guy finished second on the team that we talked a little bit about last week because he came back after uh, missing some time, had the big interception, was Legereus Sneed. Yes. You know, we, talk, we talk about yes. Mike Dana being a uh, Tershawn Warden. Legereus Sneed stepping up. Just Brett Veach just sitting back, just smoking a cigarette, just with his feet up on the desk. <laughs> like, I did my job. Like, these guys, these young guys are out there balling out right now. He's got awesome he these young guys. Oh, it's so cool. And and he's like uh, Tyron Matthew, right? He's like Troy Polamalu, who Jerry Sneed is, man. He's coming in there, you know, from the safety spot and he he's getting in the middle. He's not he's not rushing off the edge, man. He's coming, he's coming in the middle getting sacks. And it's it's really cool to see. And if you got a guy that quick bearing down from the middle, quarterback has no shot. And he almost got that strip on Matt Ryan today, too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, you know who did get the strip on Matt Ryan was uh Frank Clark. Man. Keep bringing that man, back up. Man, just, hey, when it's, time to, shine, man. When it's time to shine, man. Hey, that was the defense. You know, all year, it was yeah. early in the part, it was the offense. You know, the defense has to step up. The defense has to step up. And now the offense struggles. The defense wins fo- won the football game today. Um, and basically, <laughs> there's three minutes left in the game. And the, Patrick Mahomes all like, well, I got to turn it on right now. I guess I'll go be Patrick Mahomes. What should I do? Yeah. Pull the ball to Travis Kelsey. Like, that's exactly what you should do right now. Is, yeah, exactly. So uh, we talked a little bit earlier. You and I agree that the Chiefs should rest um, their, I guess, their top starters, however you want to say that. It can't be every guy. Uh, but the Patrick Mahomes, all those guys, whoever's injured slash um, vets, you would lose your job <laughs> if you weren't Andy Reid for playing these guys in these situations. So uh, I'm glad that we ag- I'm glad that we agree on that. <laughs> I gotta. T- I'm gonna holler at Jeff, man. I gotta holler him on Twitter, man. You can't. I can't believe that. No. Even when we're in New Orleans, we, we locked up week 16. Uh, you know and got home field. Every starter you could rested. Young people uh, had to play. People with injuries rest. All right. I should have been a lot more organized about this, but right now we're gonna bring on one special guest. And while our next special guest and you are gloating uh, and just cheesing over Aunt Travis Kelsey and the fact that we get to watch the greatest tight end in NFL history watch in the moment. Um, while you guys are talking about that, I'm going to text Jeff and I'm going to see if we can get him on the episode Damn. right now so he can defend himself. Damn. So we're doing this live. So right yeah, now, let's, let's welcome, welcome on Andrew Spruill of XPE Sports. Um, Andrew, I was going to try to do the radio voice and make this very professional introduction, but that's not very much um, <laughs> any of the conversations that we've had over the years. But man, uh, welcome on. You're obviously a big time Chiefs fan from Kansas City. I'll give you a quick version. Lives down in Florida right now. Uh, one of the guys at XPE Sports that has trained Travis Kelsey over the years. So um, you're going to get a lot of Travis Kelsey stories here. But Andrew, first, we just broke down the game in 20 minutes. Can you give us your 30-second synopsis on how you feel about the Chiefs game today? Um, I just think everyone's giving them their best shot. I mean, I just – that's I don't know if they're bored or, or – uh, people say they're bored, but I just, I just think they're getting everyone's best shot. That's what it comes down to. They just got to deal with that. I, I mean, I, I think that's it in a nutshell. That's so true. No, that's so true, Andrew. Hey, I'm Nick, by the way. Um, I, I think that you're so spot on because it's like, you know, if you're the Chiefs and we talked about BJ and talked about earlier, noon games, man, there's nothing to play for. And if you're you're playing the Falcons, like there's nothing, there's nothing cool about that. There's nothing sexy. There's yeah. nothing to get you motivated. So you're like, okay, you know, all right, I guess we're going to try and play this. Meanwhile, the Falcons are like, let's do this. Stay yeah, the they, game, they hang a banner. Yeah. Yeah. They're totally up for that game. And we're like, all right, let's lock this number one seat up and just get in the playoffs. Meanwhile, they're like, meanwhile, they want to win this game so bad. It's just different motivations. I think that has a lot to do with it. All right, Andrew, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and you and I have spoke over the years, we always talk at the Combine, and uh, any, any Chiefs fans who saw our content at the Combine of the behind the scenes of guys working, that was Andrew and his staff that were always gracious enough to let us do that. But, Andrew, man, uh, we've talked a lot about Travis Kelsey over the years. I made the I wasn't the first. I'm not going to be that guy to say I was the first, but to say that he's the best tight end to ever play the game. And you're lucky enough to be one of the guys that has seen the way that he works and the way that he approaches his craft and not just that he goes out there on Sundays and puts up these huge numbers and he's just this big crazy athlete that this stuff doesn't happen without the work that he puts in. And I saw a little bit of it from the outside, but you've actually worked with him. Um, what do you, what can you tell fans just about the way that he approaches and takes care of his body and approaches just being good at his craft that makes you, I guess, less surprised than others at the success that he's having? Yeah, I mean, for him, it's he's just. Uh, I mean, you see the physical 
attributes. You know, he's all of six six. I think he plays at two fifty now, um, which is just a monster. Um, but yeah, when he when he comes to work out, he, you know, he doesn't miss. He's there early, um, just like all the cliche stuff that you hear about all the great ones. Like that's what he does. Like you know, that's that stuff is true. Like he's there on time. He doesn't miss days. You know, he's always open to coaching too. That's the other thing. Is he just yeah. he doesn't say much. Like some of the other guys in training, he just does. Um, you know, he trusts us and what we're what we're doing and what we tell him, and he just does it and does it hard. Um, and then I think one thing that really has separated him lately is just his mental aspect of the game. You know, you got all the physical stuff, but at some point, like the physical stuff starts to wear off. Not that he's wearing off at all, but like he's not twenty five anymore. You know, he's yeah. thirty one. Jason so, Witten's still in the NFL right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so, like, yeah. <laughs> but that mental side of it, I think, is what he's really where he's winning right now against these other defenses. Because I mean, everyone knows they're throwing him the ball, yeah. and he still continues to just like dust these guys off the line in space, wherever it may be. Like, so his mental aspect of his game now, I don't think has ever been better. Do you feel like that that's just his confidence or or it's kind of like a, a shifting uh, of, of his game and his style of play and sort of recognizing that time is undefeated? So is it like confidence or time or kind of like a, like a little bit of both for him with his play right now? Um, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of both, but but I think he also knows that, you know, he can go into a game and just know more than the guys that are trying to stop him. You know, there's not many – defenders he's going against that have been in the league as long as he has he's always just you know I don't know I haven't looked at that but I'm assuming um a lot of these guys he's playing against um aren't as experienced as him so I think it's probably a little bit of both and that just comes with time like a lot of our guys that are seven eight years into the league you don't make it that far just from being a, a freak athlete. You've got to you've got to pick that mental side up, or else this league will crush you. Yeah, I think that's the other. There's like a like a certain, and I'm speaking your language, but like there's a certain like benchmark you have to hit athletically to even like be able to be on the field with those guys. And then after that, it's all the mental ability to understand what defenses, are, especially as a tight end in Andy Reid's offense. There's a lot of option routes where he's just reading leverages. And we saw yeah. on the touchdown today. He literally, the route is just go find an open spot and pass yeah. him the ball. Like that's all yeah. it is. And, but and it's like, then him and him and Mahomes have this weird, like mind reading thing going on where he's like always in the right spot. <laughs> Yeah. They really that's, do. That's, that's, like a, that's, that's not you being. It's no. That's true. It's so true. It's like no one else. Like I understand Tyreek got a ton of touchdowns this year, but no one else has that connection with. It seems yeah. like with Mahomes, like him and Travis was on this weird like wavelength that you just can't even teach. It's no, always Travis. Every time the Chiefs' offense is struggling, Hill may get a big play. Whatever it is, look at the last drive. Mahomes. The whole game was just kind of a cruise control for the offense. Whatever way people want to describe that Patrick Mahomes gets the ball down late in the fourth quarter and what does he do to go down and win he gets the ball to Travis Kelsey and like that's the guy that you always want to go to um but Andrew one of the things that we talked about and I know you've heard me tell this story before um because I've told I've said it I've tweeted it I've put the video out there like 78 times since we did it that to me the most important the, my favorite conversation that I've ever had with Travis Kelsey was at Radio Row in Houston before that Super Bowl a few years ago. We obviously weren't playing it. Travis was down there making money for Old Spice, going around doing a bunch of radio on Radio Row. And he came by our table, he sat down and we talked. And it's always a weird time to talk to players because they had just lost. I think it was the Patriots season. The guys are pissed off. They don't want to talk about the teams during the Super Bowl because they wanted to be there. And so I just asked about, you know, all the different things going on and just trying to get him to talk about the season. But again, they're still bummed out about it. But I remember him opening up and talking about being voted as a team captain for the playoffs that year. And I think a lot of fans some, sometimes just blow, blow it off like they're professional athletes. They don't care if they're a captain. That, that's a high school childish thing. Yeah. But, but the way that Kelsey tells it, for him – for his, him to know that his teammates value him in that spot made him feel like now I'm at a position where I can speak up and call somebody out if they're not doing the right thing. Because even though they're good in that they're a professional athlete as a fan, you see him that way. 
but when you see it from a inside that locker room, that they're all badasses in that locker room. Right. So to be an alpha among alphas and to speak up, it takes some years to do that. And I remember yep. him saying that was the first time I felt comfortable as a leader speaking up. And it was just, it was a very profound, like in, Kelsey looking inward in the conversation. Maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion. It was the first time I heard him talk like that. And I'll never forget it. And all we've seen since then is him prove that he's the best tight end, not only in the game right now, but in my opinion, he'll go down as the best to ever do it. Yeah. I mean, you're right though. Even um, off the field and interviews and his on the field antics, like there was a time where he was, you know, he was out there <laughs> wiling out a little bit. There's he's a knucklehead. There's, there's gifts out there of him <laughs> doing motions Ah, that's my favorite that's a good yeah one. it's a good one it's a good one but i can assure you you're never going to see that again correct yeah him. yeah in that aspect he's completely changed as a, as a person on the field and off the field not that he was ever bad but like you know he was he was out there a little bit and he but he was in college too you know he got kicked off cincinnati yeah and, and jason had to ask the coach to let him back on and he said yeah i'll let him back on but he has to play tight end we don't need quarterbacks anymore no that's, that's i don't know he's that. That's how he got left he back said, on the team. So, like, there, yeah, there was a big maturity process that he had to go through um, in order to get to this point. So, I'm sure it's a, it's a real uh, proud thing for him to, to be a captain. I can I guarantee you that. Yeah, remember the <laughs> first time him telling the story about when he got drafted, and there was an eight one six number, and he was pissed off. He thought he was going to the Rams. <laughs> he, he thought he was going to St. Louis. Yeah, and he said that it wasn't a nice conversation with Coach Reed because obviously yeah. they knew each other a little bit from Jason, but. He said that it was kind of like you're coming to be a part of this, and you better not screw it up. Yeah. And like he's like, oh, by the way, congratulations on being drafted to the NFL. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he he knew right then how special he could be. Am I going to get the college version of Travis or the one Jason tells me I'm going to get? There's, you know, there's yeah. two versions. So he's like, you're going to get the one my brother told you. I promise. Well, it worked out. Who's the better? Who's the better uh, pass catcher NFL? Who was a quarterback? Anquan Bolden or Travis <laughs> Kelsey? Who, who is the better? I, I see on Twitter that that you uh, Anquan Bolden is working with you. It's your guy. Wow, that's a oh, sheesh. Oh, that's a good question. Gonna... That's tough. I mean, Anquan Anquan played 15 years. Yeah, it seemed like he was just like good every year. Every that's year. a physical 15 years. He was not a dainty wide receiver. <laughs> At six, was he 5'11 or six foot? Like he's, he's not foot. that big. He's about, yeah, he's, six about, six. He's, he's about six on the dot. But dude, he's, yeah. like he built, played. he's like built like a brick shit house. Like, yeah, basically. Yeah. And he doesn't lift weights. You know, he just <laughs> runs. Like Anquan just runs and he just does cardio. He's in the best shape of anybody ever. You know, he, he, I swear he could just go do triathlons if he wanted to. All he wants to do is just run, run, run. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, whew. <laughs> all right. While you're thinking about that, I just have how, long, how long have you worked with Andrew? Just get some of like the basic stuff down. Like, all right, how long have you worked with Kelsey? So Travis came. To, Travis came to us for the combine in 2013. Oh wow! So you even before he got drafted. So we met him out of okay. college. Um, he had the same agent as Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf came to us the year before that. Um, so Wolf was one of his best friends, his roommate in college, told him to come to us. Um, so that's how that started. And then I think he's only missed like two off seasons since then. Um, one was he had to have a, a scope like on his shoulder or something like that. Yep. And the other one was for his dating show. <laughs> yeah. So he could, couldn't come see us because he was busy out in LA shooting his, his little show. Um, other than that, he's uh, been pretty consistent. So um, I think that's eight years now. He's he's been pretty much with us every year. So we've we definitely seen him go from Travis to to Travis. Yeah. What's your favorite story working with him? Sorry, Nick. What's um, what's your favorite story working with him? I don't. You know. That you can share. Yeah. Right. You know, what was funny. I was telling someone else this a couple weeks ago. Is I was actually with him. Uh, this past summer when those Madden ratings came out, mm-hmm. like right when they came out, people and, sweat uh, those. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say he was mad that there might've been another tight end above him or maybe at the same rating as him, but he definitely <laughs> wasn't, you know, I don't think he agreed with it necessarily. <laughs> so when he got that 99 trophy, I was pretty happy for him because those guys look at that stuff. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess you guys know, but I think fans would be surprised if they, these guys like that Madden stuff. 
They like the to, stuff they, that they, they like to be, you know, up there. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry. I, I've seen guys get dissed for having low uh, agility ratings on Madden. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a real it, thing. It really you will get you will get burned if you have that if it's not on the par. Um. So okay, okay. Ideal world, right? Chiefs go all the way. What's that? What's that training schedule uh, looking like for Travis? Like, how many weeks does you let him take off and say, "Hey, come back here"? Uh, how are you starting back up? Everything like that. So the the way um, guys do it differently. The way he does it typically is he'll come to us um, right after OTAs. So okay. he'll kind of do it. He's got kind of his own regimen he does after the season. Uh, he does real good with his stuff though. He's got he's got a chef um, that's a real good friend of his. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. He's always posting his meals and stuff like that. Does real good with his food. He's got his own PT um, that he has around very often. So he's got a lot of things set within um, his own home or wherever he is. So he'll typically go to OTAs and then come to us like middle of June, right when OTAs are over, and then spend the next five to six weeks with us. But like a typical guy – would come to us like in March, first week of March, and that'll give them five yeah. weeks till OTAs, which is typically plenty. But you'll have you guys to show up in February. Like we had Eric Berry his whole career, he would show up the next week. Damn, so he took no time off, you know, that, or, 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 or is it a modified program? Yeah, it had to be super modified because if you, if you don't modify those guys, they'll try to like work out like it's training camp already. And so Especially it's him. almost yeah. like, why are you here right now? <laughs> you're like, we're trying to get draft people ready. What are you doing, guy? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like we're in the middle of combine, and you guys are showing up right after your season. Like, first of all, we don't, we barely have time for this. Second of all, you don't need to be here. But, <laughs> but a guy like that, and guys like that, you, you figure something out for them because you know, you know, they're there because they like you and they, they trust you. So you definitely go out of your way and make sure they're taken care of, no matter what time they get there. Well, you continue on with this Travis Kelsey appreciation uh, podcast here. Um, the, the two other stories. And I think Nick that uh, I've shared one of these before in that I used to go up to Kelsey, especially his last couple of years, my last year specifically um, and ask him about like the stats and like the records he was about to break. And it was one of those, like, do you want to know this stuff or do you not care? And I used to ask, cause I remember asking him, do you care if I tag you on Twitter with some of these records? Because over the years he had told me he didn't really care. Like he didn't care about the records. Even when I ask him in front of on camera, off camera, he's like, I don't really care, BJ. Now I'm sure part of him thinks it's cool, but as far as like actively thinking about that stuff, it doesn't seem to be that way. Uh, at least from the way that he answered those questions to me. But I remember asking him, Hey, do you care if I tag you on Twitter when I put those records out or do you just not want to see it? And he was like, I don't even care. Just if I break something, that's cool. You want to tell me about it. It's awesome. Just do your thing. And just the way it's not what he said, it's how he said it, that he really genuinely didn't care about the records, which I feel like maybe earlier in his career, he may have been more attentive to those types of things. And at this point now, as he's breaking all these records and he's being compared to guys that are considered the best of all time and in the hall of fame, that he genuinely doesn't seem to care about individual stats as he continues to rack them up. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I I, I don't. Uh, I've never really talked to him in depth about about that stuff. Like we, I mean, we talk about it in in conversation. Yeah. But like, I mean, I agree. I don't think I don't think he looks too far into it. Uh, he just my dog is a squeaky toy. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my attention. <laughs> exactly right. But, uh, exactly. But yeah, he just uh, he just goes about it. Like I, I truly think at some point. He just wanted to win at Super Bowls, like whatever that point was, um, and it's definitely there now. It's just that's just all he cares about. I mean, the numbers are great, but you're right. I don't, I don't think it's ever been a thing to to worry about all the stats. When you're talking to any sort of um, maybe a slot receiver or any sort of tight end that's coming out of college, um, what sort of uh, what sort of things have you learned just from being around Travis so much that that you sort of relay to them to say, Hey, here's the path to greatness. Here's what you need to do. Like, like what do you, what do you tell those, those young kids? Um, I mean, I think the first thing you, you like to say to them is, is to let them know, like getting drafted is not making the NFL. Correct. I think that's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so crazy. It's, it's, 
it's such a like it's a big dream for these guys, and I get it. But but get being drafted is not making it. Like you've got to like you're not done. Like it's just basically it's just starting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you try to explain that to them. But you know, sometimes I don't think they really understand it. It's like what are you talking about? You know, I just went through all these years of high school and college, and you're telling me now the hard work's just starting. But it's like, yeah, like, there's a difference between being in the NFL and making it in the NFL. And it's such a different – it's a different mindset. And guys like Travis and <clears throat> Anquan and, and you know, we got Mark Ingram, um, guy like Kareem Jackson, who we've had for like 11 years now, um, they were never satisfied with just being there. It was always get that second contract. All right, they got the second contract. All right, now I want a third contract. It's always there's always more for those guys. Yeah, so. it's kind of like buying a house. Like once they accept your offer, you haven't bought a house yet. <laughs> like <laughs> there's still a lot of things that you got to go through. All right, yeah, Nick, uh, as we wrap this up, do you have any other final thoughts, Nick? Either on this game, Travis's in general. Is we got about two more minutes left on this podcast. No, thanks for coming on, Andrew. Appreciate you. It was a it was a fun game to watch for the Chiefs. Yeah, no yes, problem. that is. That is Andrew from XBE Sports down in Florida. Man, appreciate you. We will yep. talk with you soon. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Same to you. Happy New Year. See you guys. See All right, Nick. We got to find something to uh, to disagree on before the end of this episode. It's just been it's been kind of in cruise control here. Uh, let's find something <laughs> that we dis- let's find something that we disagree on to wrap this one okay. up. What do you got? What do you got? What do you, you got? You, you start firing hey. questions at me, and as soon as I say something you disagree with, we'll talk about that for one minute, and then it'll be over. <laughs> it'll be a fun it'll be a fun game um i don't Jeff know has not responded to my text mm, so that's just what it is sometimes, he's scared but... he's scared to come he's into walking, his he's position back. he's walking back his comments i mean i would say something about well, both went to k-state so there's not really much uh i i yeah. thought it was pretty cool that k-state decided to just to say peace out on bowl games and just avoid all the the nonsense that some teams are going through right now man it was kind of like hey Forget this season. We're done. Next next season recruiting. Peace out. Well, I uh, This is speaking from a place of zero knowledge. So I'd be like most people. Pop, like I, I don't know. I'm trying not to. Like, that's going to sound really bad. Um, just going to speak from no knowledge that normally you get a bowl game. The coaches like it because you have five extra weeks of practice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if coaches want five weeks of practice in a COVID environment right now. And I don't know how much that has to do with it is like we're not getting to do the things that we normally do that lead us to feel like we can make ourselves a better football team. If it's causing more harm than good, maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah, it was just weird. We're just yeah, fitting end to 2020 in this COVID year. Uh, hopefully we can start turning a corner sometime soon. Um, but it's weird this season not having bowl games on all hours of the day during this holiday break. Yeah, it's really that's bizarre true. To me. It's really bizarre to me. All right, for those that are hanging with us, we're going to bring on Justin, our fearless producer right now, who's going to bring on a hot take that somebody's going to disagree with. There's just too many niceties going on right now with this. He doesn't even have a lower third for himself, does he? Nope. Take them all off. There you go. All right. <laughs> what do you what do you got for us, Justin? We got to disagree on something. Um, the only thing I don't like uh was I felt like the inter- one of the interceptions that Patrick Mahomes threw was he was trying to force it to Kelsey. Like it, it kind of <laughs> just seemed like if you let that play develop, like you can find another play to D Rob in the corner or another play to Miko in the corner or like Tyreek streaking across the front of the end zone. But it just seemed like he just in that play, he was he was trying to force it to Kelsey, whether to, you know, break records or what have you. I don't yeah. think that's what he's thinking about, We're, but I was just like, mm, that's a throw that he shouldn't have done, or he should have read the defense, just let it develop a little more. But I mean, we, was, we should listen to the post-game comments because I'm pretty sure what Mahomes didn't see him because we talked yeah, about that earlier. Yeah, but those just yeah. seem to be the ones back at like training camp when everyone said like Patrick Mahomes like five interceptions at practice mm-hmm. today and everyone freaked out for anyone who's listening who remembers those training camp days. It was always that exact play. It was a sinking linebacker underneath that he had trouble seeing. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if he was forcing it. It looked Kelsey had open. It looked like he had a step. He just did yeah. not see that guy just, at all. Yeah, literally just under just underneath cutting the cutting the passing lane. But other than that, I mean, um, I guess Ku missing the field goal. So, so the other game I'm watching, <laughs> Ku missing the field goal uh, kind of puts me in in deep 
real sketchy waters for my fantasy. I'm in the finals right now. And okay. I have <laughs> I a couple hundred related. dollars on the line. So if half of me was like, half of me was like, yeah, he missed it. And the Chiefs, you know, um, they, they secure first round by. And the other half was like, oh boy, now I need Derrick Henry to score 26 points. Oh, it's you never just, know. He's either going to get three points or he's going to get like 40. Exactly. So, I mean, it's been a good season. It's uh, my second time coming back to the finals. I didn't win it two years ago. I play second. And so this is my my second time back. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to be happy either way. Chiefs are going to go to the playoffs and uh, with a first round bye. Oh, and yes, yes, yes. I'm in the, the camp of rest your players. If rest your nice. starters. Nice. For one hundred percent sure, no, no I, I was gonna, question. Yeah. I was gonna wrap the podcast up, but I don't care if everyone turns it off. We're gonna find something that the three of us disagree on, and we're uh, gonna discuss it. We're gonna discuss it. It doesn't even have to be football related. Justin didn't have Kamara on his team. I'm, I'm thinking. Oh no! Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. So listen, listen, listen. The the semifinals um, last week. The the guy I was playing against, who is a huge Pittsburgh fan. Um, he was, I was up by 10 points going into that Pittsburgh, uh, the ben, the Bengals game, uh, uh, the, the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati game. And he is a Pittsburgh fan and he has Pittsburgh defense. So he's like, Pittsburgh just needs to just to hold out. And they crapped the bed. Oh, it was so funny. He was destroyed and he has Kamara, which now he's oh. playing for third place. So if he had made it to the finals, he would have smoked me or, you know, the other uh, the other guy. And just, it's just hilarious. We've we've given, given him nonstop crap about that. Um, sure. but yeah, that's a double. Oh, that that being said, this jersey, I've uh, the, the Ooh, better Travis nice. Kelsey does. Oh, yeah. I am so excited. Yes. Oh, baby. Oh, there baby. it is. You got the oh, auto. That's awesome. I like yeah. the, the the inscription too. That SB live champ, man. That's yeah, such a, that was that was Roman signed. Numerals, but yeah, uh, that was signed on uh on the stage of the Super Bowl parade, like after his legendary speech. Um, yes. coming off the stage, that's when he signed that. And the better he does, and the better career that he has, this jersey's gonna be worth. It's gonna be priceless. I'll never that's sell right. it, but it's just kind of fun to. Think about I, in, a, in a very cheesy way because I'm a pretty cheesy dude. If you haven't figured that out by now, uh, but in a very cheesy way, I said that Travis Kelsey post game of the Super Bowl made me feel like I was a part of it more than anything else because he was walking. It was after the confetti fell down and like all the players are running around. There's media all over the place. He's going from one interview to another. I have the video. Um, somebody else caught it and I ran up to the person afterwards. I was like, I want that video. Like, give me that. Text that to me right now. But he was going from like one stage to another to interview by Fox or CBS or some national TV or whatever. And he had like the girl who was taking him as like handler. And she was like taking him. Her job is to not stop. Escort. Like, him, Escort. Yeah, Escort. Get him straight there. And Travis and I made eye contact and I was kind of like in his periphery. And I just, he just kind of looked at me and just kind of went like that with his head and then politely moved her out of the way, stopped, put his arm around me. I interviewed him for like a minute and then he went to the TV. But like the fact that he stopped and then he saw me. I didn't have to ask. He was just like, oh, that's my guy. I'm just going to go talk to him. It made me that's feel incredible. freaking that's cool in the moment. It was like, yes. And that's why I went to the guy. I was like, I need that. I need that. I don't know. I didn't know I was leaving the Chiefs. And then it was, I was going to need that for the rest of my me, life. I but I was that, like, I need that video. I need that video. That's awesome. So, that's my other Travis Kelsey story. We still haven't disagreed on anything, fellas. Um, so, best sandwich compliment is mayo? No. You thought I was Oh, my God. Yeah, mayo. I always, I'm allergic I'll, to mayo. I'll, I'm allergic to mayo. Mayo. I'll throw up. Really? You give me a sandwich with mayo in it, I will automatically throw up. My wife, funny story, my wife thought I was making it up. She was like, oh, you're just being dramatic. So one sure. time she made a sandwich and put mayo on it. Didn't tell me. I took one bite immediately went threw up. And I didn't know there was mayo in it yet. I threw up and I came back and she looked so worried like sad <laughs> and she was like i'm so sorry i was like why are you sorry she goes i put mayo on your sandwich and i go you thought i was lying didn't you and she goes yeah i fucking told you so that's incredible my she wife's brother uh, claimed to have a, a strawberry allergy and uh growing up and like he's like 40 44 42 and he just tried strawberries last year and it's like not allergic so <laughs> maybe she was trying that right my she mom 
my mom found out like six months ago that I hate scrambled eggs and she made me scrambled eggs like four days a week, my entire life. And I never ate them, but I was too, I didn't want to tell her I didn't like them. So she didn't find <laughs> out until like six months ago. I was finally old enough to be like, mom, I don't like scrambled eggs. How do you not like scrambled eggs? Just put cheese and hot sauce and a bunch of stuff. If you put a bunch, if you put enough cheese on it, it's fine. But just like nobody, regular scrambled eggs with no, nobody cheese. eats that except for my kids. I'm like, well, no cheese guys. Like I scrambled, like the only good thing about my, my kids, my son likes wet scrambled. Right, uh, like meat, meat yeah. fresh. Ooh, that's, ooh, that's where it's at. Kind of like the 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 Vegas vacation. Like I'll take some of the yellow. No, not <laughs> the yellow. This is gourmet, BJ. This is no <laughs> liquid eggs. This is farm fresh <laughs> eggs <laughs> where the hens have three, names. And three people got that reference. Three people <laughs> listening to the podcast got the yellow reference. Probably one of the most underrated uh, Christmas uh, vacation references. Remember, because then they 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 switch. The cards. Oh yeah. After that, yeah, oh. on the buffet line. Yeah, they play war for money. <laughs> like, guess the yeah. number. Just yeah, no, I know Justin didn't get it yet. You ever watch Vegas Vacation? Oh my God! Do you know who Chevy Chase is? Do you know who Chevy Chase is? Chevy Chase is he the? Wait, he's the actor who played. Respect that. Go on. Um, <laughs> Go on. Pierce. Pierce on Community. Yes, I know who Chevy Chase is. That's how you know him. I didn't even watch Community. Nick, do you uh, watch that show? I know that he looks old AF on that show. Yes. Um, he's, if he's someone pierced. asked me who Chevy Chase was, I would be Fletch or Ty from Caddyshack. Or Christmas I mean, Vacation. Yeah, or Christmas, Christmas yeah, Vacation. I mean, that's it's Christmas season. But like Fletch is number one. And then Caddyshack. We're watching Fletch in the office soon, Justin. Yeah, yeah. It is Sounds good. it was the one line it was the the one line movie before one line movies became a in thing. The 80s. Absolutely. Yeah. I I still I still quote the um you'll get nothing and like it. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I quote that movie quite often. I think Nick's probably the only people person who understands a lot of the things that I say, because most of them are movie references. All right, still have not disagreed. I kind of mm-hmm. like the the pop culture podcast we got going on here. So Justin, you just you're gonna be a third co-host right now. Top top Hero. three top three movies that are not like like not Godfather two, but like what are you like top three movies uh, that you are if they're on, no matter what you're doing, how tired you are, you will watch it. Shawshank Redemption. Even like you'll just watch it like that's like kind of boring. Like yeah, it's a great movie, but it's like. I'll watch it. Departed. You watch it. Depa- Ooh, the Departed it. is great. That's a phenomenal movie. But they're also two of my favorite movies of all time. Those are like top two of all time. And then I'm going to oh, come up with like an obscure, obscure one. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to laugh because um, Nathan Brunsey, a guy I used to work with, used to make fun of me. There's an old movie called Toy Soldiers that I used to watch all the time as a kid. And people think it's, and people think it's small soldiers in the damn animated movie. And it's not, this no, is what it was Sean yeah, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise flick, right? Is it Tom Cruise in that one or no? They're at the boarding school, right? That movie though. It's and Sean they fight Astin. the Russians. Don't they fight the Russians? It's like boarding school. Um, Red Dawn is what it is, right? Yes. As a kid, <laughs> I wanted to go to a boarding school that would get taken over to be Sean Astin and to fight back. It's the most unrealistic movie maybe ever made that I like. But, uh, yeah, if that movie is on, I will absolutely watch it. It didn't come out on DVD until like two years ago. And the movie's like 25 years old. If that tells you how often I'm looking for this movie. What's and uh, I think I was probably went out there and bought it. Uh, I doubt it's on any streaming service yet. Oh, guaranteed. No one's paying for that shit. Mm. No one's paying for that. No one is. Justin, Best we soda. need more takes. Best soda. What? Best soda. Big red. Oh, big red as the best had, soda. You never, yeah. If I, like, I'm Mr. going for like, what's your favorite big red? Yeah, oh, Mr. No, I'm, I'm a Coke guy. Extra Coke classic. Yes. I'm trying not to drink soda anymore. Um, name a okay. Last thing because this is going terribly. All right, you're gonna <laughs> tell you like one random factoid about yourself that people don't know that could be slightly embarrassing. My weird factoid, even though this is a Jack Stack Barbecue um, podcast, is that I eat quick trip breakfast like six days a week i eat the same exact thing i'll get a square wrap and a sweet tea every day i will right. even on saturdays i will drive to quick trip get it and come back i'm a creature of habit i could eat the same exact thing every day for the rest of my life and i've done that honestly for years 
five a days a week for probably like that's a base five years. People I work oh with, God. it used to be two monsters, two pink lemonade monsters. I would drink every day when I go to Quick Trip. And then Eric Berry tried to get me to stop drinking monsters, couldn't do it. All these people started. And uh and that's another random long story. But um then my mom told me to stop drinking energy drinks, and I haven't drank one since. Random Unless you're in Vegas night factoid. two. It's true. I I in in that vein, I am a sucker. Uh, on road trips, like my road trip go-to is sugar-free Red Bull and corn nuts. Corn nuts. Okay. My wife, I don't my wife hates it because my burps are toxic. <laughs> and they literally melt melt the headliner in the car. Nice. But you don't care. You get them anyway because it's your vacation. I chug the Red Bull by the gas pump like a gentleman. Like I'm in Vegas on a heater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin, it's your turn. Uh, Thank you for anyone who's still listening. Random factoid is that I used to teach ballroom dancing in college. Can you teach me? I mean, once the camera shuts off, like, (laughs) of course. No, Justin, you (laughs) should have never said that because now we are going to have let it fly video. Does Billy know this? Once a Uh, while, he might. He might. I'm not sure. But well, yeah, the whole Slack channel is about to know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a um, social dance TA for almost two years, a year and a half in college. Oh, so it's a real thing. Man. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So uh, did you grow up dancing then? No. I mean, well, I've always kind of just been like, you know, with with the grooves, with, with the rhythm. Um, but never. Yeah, never. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that. I never learned how to do it properly. And I took the class in college. I was like, hey, this is pretty fun. You just get to meet a lot of people, a lot of pretty girls. I was like, oh, I love this. Oh, yeah, um, sure. And then they were like, hey, do you want to audition to be a, a teaching instructor or a teaching assistant? I was like, sure. Made it and then did it for almost two years. Damn. So, yeah. That's a cool was, factoid. Yeah. Not a lot of people see that one coming. No. <laughs> All right. Nick, we, we talked for so long as we wrap up this show that I just got the email from Chiefs PR uh, that has the game notes. So, we're going to run through it very quickly to wrap up this show. And that some of the records and random factoids from this game that Travis Kelsey became uh, the all-time leader for tight ends for receiving yards in a season, passing uh, his previous mark and George Kittle's previous mark from 2018. As Travis Kelsey now has 1,416 yards receiving, again the most ever for a tight end in NFL history. Uh, his 105 receptions this season are the most for any tight end in. Uh, Chiefs history, passing his own mark from two years ago. Um, and now he, Travis Kelsey, is 63 yards shy of tying Tyreek Hill for the most receiving yards by any position in franchise history. And that's crazy. More Travis Kelsey, more Travis Kelsey. <laughs> A lot of Travis Kelsey stuff in here. Um, most field goals, 50 or more yards in a season. Harrison Butker is tied now for the franchise record with four in one season. And that wraps it up besides some other Travis Kelsey ones that uh, um, you've all heard before. So big time performance from the chiefs. They wrapped up the one seed, got 14 regular season wins for the first time in franchise history. And we spent the last 26 minutes trying to argue about something and randomly talked about ballroom dancing, quick trip. We're just such good friends. We're just such good friends. That we just about similar personalities. Yeah. Similar personalities. Exactly. Our minds are just, we're all just in sync. We're trying to disagree, and it's hard to do when we have lukewarm takes anyways because we just – hey, it's true, Nick. We don't have hot takes. This is not a like hot, hot takes. Take I'm not a hot take person. I don't like that nonsense. Yeah, we deal with either. facts. And, Correct. Correct. And and logic. Is ob- observable, yeah, observable Correct. subjective opinions. Correct. The, fact, the facts are Frank <laughs> no Clark the facts are Pro Bowl edge rusher Frank Clark sealed the Chiefs win with a big time sack and a hit, or it wasn't a sack that I've been repeatedly told on Twitter uh, that it was just a quarterback hit. Um, that, Same thing. Chris Jones should have caught that ball that bounced off his face. Uh, and then I would have won the who's going to get the interception to seal the win um, pool. I would have won that nice. with Chris Jones. Um, but yeah, all right. Last take. Justin, Nick, final thoughts, and then we will be done. It was fun. It was it was a heart it was a heart heart attack inducing game, but final outcome was great. Uh, Chiefs locked it up, home field or not home field, but um, yeah, first round by. That's what you want. 
That's home field. First round buy, first round buy is what you want, though. Home field yeah. this year. That's true. Yeah, if there's anyone who right. I want to be hot going to to playoffs, it'd be Patrick and uh, and Kelsey. And it seems like they're on pace to do that. Let's let's just use this last week. I mean, even, yeah, even Kelsey got dinged up a little bit today. Uh, Tyreek's yeah. been battling that um that hamstring. So let's just use week 17, rest all our our, all our starters, all our key players, and and uh, go into playoffs with looking fresh. Awesome. Well, Chiefs Kingdom, we appreciate you bearing with us for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> we get uh, in a little more pop culture and random stuff. But appreciate you all for listening. We will see you next week to break down the Chad Henney uh, game uh, here in Week 17 as the Chiefs have already <laughs> wrapped up the number one seed. But we appreciate all you for listening again, uh, and we'll see you next week. Peace. have a 401k you're not getting the most for retirement wait what add a Robinhood ira on top then they'll boost it by three percent you can do that and if you transfer in any retirement account you get three percent on top of that is there a limit to the match no limit Robinhood gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any ira on the market sign up for Robinhood gold at robinhood.com boost by april 30th subscription fees apply investing involves risk three percent match requires gold for one year from first match must keep ira for five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions Robinhood financial llc member sipc